With a smaller body count than Batman, it's Cape Crisis, the comic book podcast every week on the Laser Time Podcasting Network, where we talk about the uh, recent events in comic books, graphic novels, and the television and movies based on them in home of our signature segment, the Superhero Spotlight. I am your host, Henry Gilbert. That is H-E-N-E-N-R-E-Y-G on Twitter. <laughs> Hey everybody! Hi, and uh, that's uh, uh, Chris Antista and Brad Elson. <laughs> Hi. It has been a very laffy taffy day for me. Um, I think and we're all like mentally drunk after playing the Batman Forever that, game on the stream. This, this keeps making me laugh. This a <sighs> gif on our Twitter uh, later yes. time uh, show. We have on been. Twitter. It may be WrestleMania week, but we have been engrossed in Batman versus Superman mm-hmm. for the past month. It feels like because we did. A series of shit show streams of Batman versus Superman, their worst games, which we just that did. Batman game is insane. Yeah. We did yeah. Batman Forever. Batman Forever, the arcade game. You uh, see how long you watch it. It was one of our funniest ones, I think. I, you might have a seizure. I'm giving a seizure warning here. Seizure warning, yes. And it is, it's, it's going to be 1995 like. 1995 Batman <laughs> yeah. Forever arcade game that I've never seen or played before. It's like an hour. It, it, the stream is a hot, a hot hour. Yes. But it is. I would dare say unmissable because yeah. all sixty minutes of it are just what is happening. What, what? is every what? time you think that's all that could really happen, right? Up until the very last second, you're like, "What is going on?" There's a car sprite getting larger, coming closer. <laughs> what the? Fu- uh, and yeah, then I reverse bicycle stage. kick over it as Robin. Uh, like, uh, uh, yes, uh, and then also while we- fighting a robot named Guesser. Uh, <laughs> that. The guesser is so dangerous. Yeah, so we did all that. We also did a Batman versus Superman Battle Royal video, which was a lot of fun, too. Yes, it's a Royal Rumble, uh, five different movie Batman versus five different movie Superman, and you won't won't believe the winner. We're front-loading this with plugs. I didn't mean to, but I just want to tell you guys, we did some stuff, and that is capped with our immediate, like, one hour after finishing the movie reactions to Batman versus Superman being uh, the prime thing we did on this week's Laser Time, which is why this episode won't have our traditional post-movie review, but... I will say this. I I have a couple... Yeah, so we all... Oh, sorry. Well, it's been... Five days since we saw. We've yeah, all had more time to think. Five days it. since we saw the movie. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and 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 I'm glad we did that. Yes. I don't think it's fair to the movie that it's the, that is our initial un, like just unpolished reactions like right out of yeah. the theater. Yeah. Uh, and, and we're live. We're live, and I think that makes us be meaner than we might be. To be but, more but entertaining like, to the live audience. I maintain audience, sure. Batman v Superman: Dawn of Justice is really terrible. Like I've, yeah. I've, I want to watch it again, and, and that's the only piece I've been able to make with it. Got I got pretend mad at somebody in the later time Facebook group for politicizing. Like you're just a hater and not a true fan. I'm like, how fucking dare you? How yeah. dare you say that's why people don't like Batman versus Superman? Yeah, There's yeah. so like, much wrong with it. When did fandom become this? You know, follow this thing at all costs. Well, Chris like, has said this many not, times. It's sports. Like it's, it's a jock atmosphere. Like, I'm not on like, team. Mar- I'm not on team Marvel. I'm not rooting for Marvel as a company to, like, to make better movies than DC. That's ridiculous. That's the same with people says like, oh, oh, the Yankee fans feel this way, man. You'd you'd be cheering for the Sox for winning this award like, if the Yankees were doing it. I, I have never had so many people block and unfollow me. <laughs> Than expressing uh, yes. opinions on Batman versus Superman, and the meanest thing I said is that, like, well, I liked it. I'm like, I think maybe that's true. I think odds are you just really like Batman and Superman or DC. This yeah. movie, as a movie, is really hard to like, like really hard. There were some reviews that really uh, I've read a ton of think pieces afterwards mm-hmm. and reviews, and there were some that bothered me just because they agree the films weren't good, mm-hmm. the film wasn't good, but that they said they 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 worked too hard to aim this at fans and, and comic book fans. I was oh, like, shit. no, I don't think comic book fans like this either. Or most of them do. I've, I I don't normally even engage in stupid think pieces from all over the web, but the consensus seems that Zack Snyder not only doesn't like Superman as a character, mm. a lot of that movie is a vicious reaction he has at comic book fans. Yeah. Like, I think and every... cynical, you want to see Superman save people here? Fuck you. Five minute montage. Yeah, he did it. Blech. Good. That's all you get. And just everybody yells at him the whole movie like, you fucking suck, man. Why do we have you? We don't need you. You're dumb. This isn't 1938 anymore. Literally said to him, this isn't the, the year you first appeared. There's just so many. Yeah. I don't want to get too spoilery in this in case yeah, people don't want The heartbreaking thing is, is, one, the Craig Candico, our buddy, a diehard lover of it. And it, yes. I, I understand him loving it because it yeah. makes total sense for Craig to love it. But he had a story about a kid crying in the screening. 
And like, I mean, oh, that oh, ending will make kids cry for the wrong like reason. And, like, and then Devin Faraci on, on Birth Movies Death had a great article about yeah. like, I, I know that's biased and I know this is subjective, but what Superman means to me and when I see him and how much he meant to me seeing him on the big screen. And I only mentioned yeah. that anecdote of like, pull up John Williams' Superman score. And try and juxtapose that with anything that happened in Batman versus Superman. That sense of hope, that what superheroes represent to all of us, is is is, is what how Devin uh, Faraci put it: just beauty and grace and dignity. And Superman embodies politeness. I think <laughs> and, and being better all the time. And like this is not yeah. in the movie at all. And I just saw these. They call it the DC Extended Universe. Yeah. I, and, and I, the apology it, it, I made to people yeah. who like it is that like. I think I had an expectation from my understanding on Superman seeing that in the big screen. It is perfectly okay for anybody in any medium, official or otherwise, to give their own interpretation of a character. I think it just bugs me that movies end up representing these characters for longer than the comics, for longer than the cartoons. To millions, billions more people. I hate this film as a representation of Superman. How most children will see Superman. That really bothers me. I saw a very strange refutation of the film saying that, like, no, it's hopeful. It proves that Superman is needed. The whole world is cynical and doesn't trust him. But at the end, it proves he's needed. Like, no, it doesn't. It proves how little the world needs him or wants him. The The last act of the film is to show how little the world wants Clark Kent to exist. Mm-hmm. I'd also... I I will say about Craig... So we're not spoiling anything, right? I would, no, let's, let's not spoil it. There might not be people who've seen it, but... Uh, I will say Craig, uh, our friend, the aforementioned friend, we do disagree on the film, but he shared with me a video that was uh, this guy talking about Love you, Craig, by the way. how inspirational yeah. Batman and Superman are to him in general and how he actually loved the movie. And I was like, the guy that describes a film I didn't see, but I, it was touching. He talks about how there's a moment where Superman and Batman become friends over a very dumb thing. But he talks about how that is... No, it's connecting. It shows and it repairs Batman. Batman's so bad in this movie and such a meanie mm-hmm. because he's broken and Superman fixes him. That's a nice arc, but I don't see that in the film. Well, and then the, he even mentions like this scene where... The, confer- yeah, the, the titular confrontation is the thing I have the least problem with in yeah. the film. Like that's a, that's a good scene, but that's with most Zack Snyder movies, these are they're a col- the whole movie's a collection of disparate scenes without it's, any connective tissue. I agree with people who say it feels like a trailer, like just a bunch of trailers for see. another thing. And there's like a trailer it. in the middle. It's there's <laughs> literally like Batman watches I'm like this is not this is barely a spoiler, but the the Justice League stuff in it is the equivalent of Batman watching it like a viral video. Tertiary like, incidental and very tacked on. And uh, it, yeah. it does not matter and it's it's just very weird. And no, they, they introduce Aquaman. There's this whole fucking giant, allegedly tense plot portion that takes place in the water. I'm like, this would have been a good time to shoot some Aquaman footage, maybe? Yes, when yeah. everybody's in trouble in the water? But clearly they No, chose, we already showed you yeah. them. You, you're yeah. not going to get them for years. Well, other than... Uh, yeah, I There were more facts. Like I kept reading interviews like, oh no, there's this fact. And I was like, that character who got shot in the face was... Unbelievable. Sh- Unbelievable! Ugh. The best thing I, I could I recommend you read on it because just because it's funny and I don't want to sway what you believe or anyway is is what is it? Io Nine or Gizmodo's mm-hmm. Batman versus Superman spoiler fact of justice? Oh, I it look is this up. a hysterically long read oh. and great, and it is just like an FAQ mm-hmm. of spoilers for the movie. And my bigger point is that if you think Superman kills people in comics and that's ever happened, he's fought more gorillas. And I will have a I'll have a bigger point about this, but. Let's though move on. Uh, so okay. we're, but we're not talking about this, right? We're we're <laughs> we've talked enough about it. I feel like we got to give people a little red meat uh, on on Batman v Superman. But why don't we get into one of Batman v Superman's few good points with our superhero spotlight? Select your hero. And who's this week's superhero spotlight? Wonder Woman. Oh man! I did hear this every day in Toys R Us. So. Barbara Trumpet. <laughs> I love that. It's a do, 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 I have not do, seen that in uh, a long time. But anyway, so that is Wonder Woman, the just reintroduced, like had her first ever live action film appearance ever mm. in Batman versus Superman. And Gal Gadot is well cast in it. So let's start from the beginning, guys. All Star Comics number eight. December 1941 was the first appearance of Diana Prince, a.k.a. 
Princess Diana, the original one. Uh, and though she also first appeared on a cover in Sensation Comics number one, January 1942. But she was a creation of William Moulton Marston, known as Charles Moulton as his pen name at the time. And he was a... John Marston? Moulton. Moulton Marston. The Moulton Man? He wasn't, you know, the usual comic book writer of the time. He was a Harvard-trained scientist who also would invent a lie detector, an early version of a lie detector. He invented it. and A truth lasso? And he saw that through comic books, you could teach people things. He's like, this is an incredible teaching tool. That's what comic books are. And I want to teach kids that a woman can be just as powerful and awesome as any of the heroes. And he pitched a character called Wonder Woman, who was originally going to be called Super Ma. Super. Oh no! That really? was that was one of the things I can't like came a, like up a against. mouth like a ma. No, like M A like your mother oh, ma. That Just take dumb. the N off Superman, Super Ma. Uh, but yeah, he was introduced in there, and she was very tied to World War II from the beginning. Like in her first thing, she's like, uh, "It's time for me to leave Paradise Island. And I'm going to fight the Nazis." And she's using her metal bracelets to deflect bullets. It had to have been yeah. a very scary time. America had not yet entered the war, but the Nazis were on a rampage they, and terrifying the entire country they were on a rampage and if the publication date is correct then yeah. this was like pearl harbor just happened wow. or was about to happen inspired by william's wife elizabeth holloway marston and their partner oliver byrne a former student of his who then entered into a polyamorous relationship what? with them. three people so, in a relationship and so he kind of combined the qualities he loved about olive and elizabeth into one character people say the physical inspiration of wonder woman originally is olive and uh, the character was pretty defined. Lucky man, then, I guess. <laughs> the, the character was defined pretty early on as, like, she has super strength, unbreakable skin. Occasionally she can fly, though in her original version she can't fly. Uh, she has the power bands on her wrist that deflect bullets. And she has a lasso of truth, which originally was a lasso that made people do what you told them to do. Not <laughs> to tell the truth. And she lived on an island full of women who had a lot of uh, sisterhood, loving sisterhood. And you could see that William... Uh, most molten was barely hiding things in this. Mm-hmm. Like he, you know, the, the the Wonder Woman stuff, the bondage stuff is there from the very beginning. Like by Snoo Snoo. But it was her doing the bondage, mm-hmm. though later it became more of a trope for decades. Oh, is this a cover of a Wonder Woman comic? She's tied up. Like this yeah. is, it's always, like she's tied up on her covers a hundred times more than Superman or Batman ever were on their covers. But yeah, it was all there from the beginning. She was very in touch with Greek gods. One of my favorite things was originally because back then people didn't know, except I bet for Marston, she had the exclamation of suffering Sappho. Oh, no, really? For real. Holy Early, crap. Her original ones were suffering Sappho, which is, is crazy. And so That is the Greek island of female to female love? Uh, or something it, like that? Sappho is the poet who wrote about women's love on, oh, yes. on the island of Lesbos. <laughs> and uh, so if you've heard like lesbianism or lesbian love described as sapphic, it is for Sappho. And yes. that was her country. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> Suffering Sappho. It was kind of stamped out there. But yeah, she was thought of as an ambassador to peace in a time when the world is at the darkest it's ever been, seemingly, in World War II. Which is also strange because the movie takes place in World War One. So it's it's weird that like she's so tied to WW2, it's where they take her back. Mm-hmm. I think they only did it so she could say, I've been gone for a hundred years. Mm-hmm. She meets her boyfriend, Steve Trevor, and it's also key to the things. Steve Trevor is her constant male companion, even from the beginning. He wasn't... When people said Batman was gay, that's when they created Batwoman, Aunt Harriet, and other yes. women. Aunt to, Harriet, that'll, that'll show them. Yes. Well, they somehow thought it was less gay for Batman to live with an old aunt instead of, a, <laughs> instead of an English butler. Like, it was somehow less gay. But that's neither here nor there. Meanwhile, with Wonder Woman, she had a guy pal from the beginning, and that's Steve Trevor, who was a... Uh, an American soldier who crash lands on Paradise Island and Wonder Woman accompanies him back to the mainland to help him fight the Nazis. Marston saw her as an ambassador of peace, wearing the colors of the U.S. flag, which would later get put into her origin story later on. And yeah, she was always about compelling truth and she has expert level fighting skills. Back then, she was also a, one of the first members of the Justice Society. Mm-hmm. She was their secretary. <laughs> God. That... That would be retcon. That would be retcon. 
They fired her? <laughs> yes, I'm a secretary who can throw the building at you. <laughs> also at the Oh you boys. <laughs> also in uh, Marston's original version, he introduced the supporting character of Etta Candy. She is fat, and that's funny. <laughs> her thing is that she loves chocolate and she Though by by by, by average American standard of today, she is not yeah. fat. She is average size, but Back in 1940, she was fat, and she was constantly like, can I just have chocolate? Uh, Wonder Woman wears a chocolate. But, Eat a candy. Yes. Eat a candy. Uh, now you see why Stan Lee looked, yes. like, a, Stan Lee looked like a genius. <laughs> They've rebooted her many times to be like, no, she is an old friend of hers who is a full-figured gal, but we're not mocking her. She's a friend of Wonder Woman's. And they're still sticking with Eddie Candy because she is a supporting character in the 2017 film. She's being played by the actress who played Dawn on the UK Office, okay. who, who was also oh, really? uh, who was also like one of the victims or sur- well, actually, she did not survive in Shaun of the Dead. I'm uh, always have a weird crush on her because that stupid show. Yeah, she's uh, I love her, but she's going to be Etta Candy. That's uh, gonna, she'll be famous as Etta Candy. If, if Daredevil had a friend named Fugly Nelson, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and also yeah, Steve Trevor, he's going to be played by Chris Pine, who you did see a picture of him in BVS. Mm-hmm. Spoiler. He uh, slowly becomes an actual reincarnation of William Shatner. <laughs> uh, so in the Golden Age, she did get kind of her own solo book. She she had solo adventures, uh, though she was never as popular as Batman or Superman, though nobody was in DC. It wasn't just her, but there was Batman and Superman and then everybody else. But so, yeah, we get through the 50s. Marston dies in 1947 at a very early age. Then his two wives, or whatever the you'd call them, they just live together and raise their kids, and they're just a couple for till the rest of their, to the end of their days in the 90s. One of them lives to be 100, 100 years old. That kind of put her through decades of nothing. Her having silly books, starting and restarting, a bunch of dudes writing her who don't get her. And in 1968, Denny O'Neill, or Dennis O'Neill, Decided he'd take a stab at making Wonder Woman great again. If you've heard of the classic, you know, Green Arrow, Green Lantern, hard-traveling heroes thing, with got him more down-to-earth, and it's where Speedy starts doing heroin, and all that stuff. Dennis O'Neill wanted to give that kind of stuff to Wonder Woman. So, in a very big, like, huge 180 change on the character, Wonder Woman is told by the Amazons that they have to leave Earth. They are being called back to the source. And that Wonder Woman has to come with them. And she says, I can't leave Steve Trevor. And they say, well, you can stay, but we have to take all your powers and your Wonder Woman stuff. Mm. And so she just becomes Diana Prince, the woman. And that's it. Like, she is completely depowered. In that same issue, she meets martial arts master I Ching, who uh, teaches her all about kung fu and espionage. And so then Diana Prince starts her fashion business, but that's just cover for Diana Prince being an espionage. Uh, It's cover for her being an espionage. She just wears this white jumpsuit. You about to say lesbianage. Lesbianage. It's cover for lesbianage. But yeah, she kind of becomes Emma Peel. Denny O'Neill admits he was inspired by the British Avengers, not the American the Avengers. I think it's it's a weird era for Wonder Woman, and depowering an empowered woman just feels weird as a choice. I would bet he was just trying to make her more interesting. Around the same time, he messed around with Superman's powers, trying to make him more interesting too. So I don't think it was a sexist thing, but who knows? Anyway, the point is, she was saved and got her powers back thanks to Gloria Steinem, of all people. In, by issue 202... A new writer taken over for Denny O'Neill, and it got to Gloria Steinem. Wonder Woman, at least in the women's lib movement of the 70s, was an icon. Mm. And then Gloria Steinem sees this current issue and says, you took away Wonder Woman's powers and her cool costume? This is dumb. And two issues later, DC was like, no shit, okay, we killed off I Ching, all the Amazons are here, and uh, also Diana Prince, uh, she has memory loss, and she doesn't remember the last 30 issues, so now she's Wonder Woman again. It's okay, it's okay. Also, turn around, uh, look in your mailbox, there's a birthday card for you, Miss Steinem, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, the Earth the Earth One stuff kind of put her more Grecian. Paradise Island became the Themyscira, the, the one we know more as. As modern day fans, it also introduced a teen sidekick named Donna Troy as Wonder Girl, wow. who had no origin. She Donna exists. Troy? Donna Troy. As she, a psychic. 
Sidekick. Yes. Oh, sidekick. sidekick. I was thinking of Deanna Troy. No, that is interesting. And I was like, wow. Anyway. No, but Donna Troy was her sidekick and yeah. her representative on Teen Titans. But she existed because of an editorial mistake. An editor just thought, oh, Wonder Girl, that's Wonder Woman's sidekick. And then they just created her in a story. And somebody said, no, Wonder Woman doesn't have a sidekick. Well, she does now. Yeah, also Wonder Woman was a founding member of the Justice League. It was a similar situation there, too, where Superman and Batman kind of watched the Justice League do their thing. They let Green Lantern, Flash, Wonder Woman, Martian Manhunter, and Aquaman be the core original Justice League, and Superman and Batman help from the side. And so Wonder Woman is of creator of the Justice League. This was also when she was having her invisible jet because they didn't want her to fly. They're like, man, eh, just have an invisible jet. Wow. It Why? never looks stupid. You'll never look stupid. <laughs> Certainly not. Of course, talking about Earth-1 in the 70s... We should mention what I would say is still her most famous mainstream thing, at least maybe up to now. The 1975 to 1979 Linda Carter series, Wonder Woman, which uh, we heard the intro before. In your satin tights, hot. For your a hot sound. Take it home. Reminds me of stocking Game Boy Color worm lights. <laughs> it was, you know, um, so, shockingly, there was actually a TV movie in 1974 of a different Wonder Woman live action thing just to test the waters if Wonder Woman would work. And then they did it for real with Linda Carter. And it was a big hit at the start. It only huh. lasted four years because it kind of like peaked and then immediately went back down again. Kind of like Batman 66. Uh. But it inspired a ton of imitators. Like the Incredible Hulk show wouldn't exist without Wonder Woman. There was that Shazam series that was made that was basically like Boy Wonder Woman. Oh, Bonnie! <laughs> it, it was a new, it was a whole new level of stuff to it. It was even, it was so big that when they did the second Spider-Man Superman crossover book, Hulk and Wonder Woman were shoved into it, not uh, because they wanted it to be fan service, but because they said they're both hot TV stars right now, yeah. so people will buy this because they're in the comic book. It, it was a big time for Man. Linda Carter is still identified as Wonder Woman to this day. So little has changed. I, I also saw Wonder Woman has a slot machine in Vegas based on the show as well. Easy, and uh, Steve, Steve Trevor was in the show. It was kind of similar to it, though there are great gifts out there of, say, Wonder Woman riding a skateboard with a Wonder Woman helmet on, <laughs> which you really wouldn't need because, yeah. That's uh, the point of a superhero. But also in the mid-70s, she did appear on Super Friends as well. Hi, Wonder Woman. I thought I heard your jet. I hear you're trying to come up with a fun class project. Yeah, got any ideas? A dandy one. I'll show you how to make what I call a spinning pencil top. Yep. God. Uh, I mean, those were one of those government-mandated 60 seconds of nice. It just sounds like everyone smoked six packs a day back then. <laughs> I have a dandy one. Don't get any cigarettes until you finish your homework. <laughs> that show also had her facing who I guess is her Joker is Cheetah. Even though uh, yeah. Cheetah is completely outmatched by her power-wise, but they kind of just have to say, oh, Cheetah has claws that can cut her. It's magic. And right. Cheetah also in the Super Friend show is a woman in a furry costume. And yeah. by the late 80s, she would just be a furry. And, and the, the sexiest furry there is. So yeah, she was doing all that. She kind of had books on and off again. And Crisis on Infinite Earth comes, as it always does in a DC superhero spotlight. Yeah. But it hit Diana hardest of all compared to Batman and Superman. Neither of their books ended. They both got a reboot, but their books kept going. They weren't even renumbered. Like Superman, huh. Action Comics, Detective Comics, Batman, they kept going. Wonder Woman ended, and Wonder Woman disappeared. She was gone for a year. She didn't appear in any books uh, in the first year of post-crisis. It was because they were waiting for George Perez to do ah. the reboot. He had picked it like, I want Wonder Woman. He was the artist on Crisis on Infinite Earths, and he wanted to reboot Wonder Woman. And a, a core thing to that was she had never existed before then. She had no right. background to it. Batman and Superman, Green Lantern, all those folks, they've been doing stuff. Wonder Woman never had, and it was an interesting new starting point for her. She had just been formed from clay, had just left the mascara, and then meets Batman and Superman, who are already doing stuff. But unfortunately, that robbed her of her legacy. She not only had never, there had never been a Wonder Woman who was in World War II, and there had never been a Wonder Woman who formed the Justice League. Black Canary took her place as the woman on mm. the team who formed the Justice League, which was really too bad for her. It also set up more of her relationship with Hippolyta, her mother, who would go on to 
be renamed as the original Wonder Woman in World uh. War II thanks to time travel. And Ares was her main villain in that, which was a god on the level of somebody she could actually fight. Right. Like he, Ares, the god of war against a woman who wants to force peace. Mm-hmm. It's, it's an interesting dynamic. In 1992, issue 92 to be exact, uh, Wonder Woman was not saved from the bullshit that was happening to Superman and Batman either. She got replaced. Uh. She They have a second contest to see who will be Wonder Woman to represent Themyscira and Man's World. And she loses. She loses to Artemis. A woman named Artemis who is a more hardcore jerkhole of uh, Amazon. So she's the Asbats. Too. She is the Asbats. Uh. And, and she replaces her for eight issues uh. as the more aggro Wonder Woman. And then she dies and says, "Okay, Wonder Woman, you can be you can be Wonder Woman again." It was You'll be you. It was a long term plan where Hippolyta fixed the match, so Wonder Woman Diana would lose and lose the title of Wonder Woman because she had seen the prophecy that Wonder Woman would die. So she didn't want her daughter to die as Wonder Woman. So she mm-hmm. she took her mantle away. But yeah, anyway, she got the Wonder Woman stuff back. There was also a bit where she briefly died in the late nineties. Hippolyta replaced her. Uh, like she was a member of the JLA and she also then went back in time and had adventures in World War II thus retconning her not being in World War II because uh-huh. the Wonder Woman was there there's one other thing George Perez introduced in his reboot of Wonder Woman Wonder Woman didn't love killing and she didn't kill often but if she was forced to kill someone or not she mm-hmm. wouldn't find another way she'd be like well then I must kill you like right. that was her choice and she's, a, she's the still the one with clean hands in the movie yeah <laughs> That's weird. That's really weird. That in BVS, she's the one who doesn't like chop someone's head off or whatever. And that comes to a head in Infinite Crisis. There's a character, Maxwell Lord, who has mind control abilities. He mind controls Superman, and Superman nearly kills Batman and is about to kill Wonder Woman. And Wonder Woman finds out Maxwell Lord is in control. And Lord says, I will never let go of Superman. You'll have to kill me first. Ha ha ha. And on national TV, she snaps his neck. And Superman and Batman kind of judge her for that. Like, you killed him. Like, you killed that guy. She says, he was in control of a weapon more powerful than a dozen nukes. Controlling Superman is the worst thing, and I made my choice. And it caused a rift in them that was played out in Infinite Crisis. It was really interesting. I, I, I liked where they took Diana in that. And... Again, if people say, like, well, you don't like when superheroes kill people, I'm okay if Diana does it, honestly. I think she she chooses when she does it. She, she doesn't just do it willy-nilly. Infinite Crisis rebooted the timeline that made it so Diana was a founding member of the Justice League again. Yay! For the reboot we have planned for August. <laughs> and they even tried to bring back in the Diana Prince I Ching stuff, where... If she was in the identity of Diana Prince, she had no powers. And then she would do the Linda Carter spin dance right. and transform into Wonder Woman and have the powers. And I Ching was a part of it, too. It was this interesting attempt attempt by the writer of it. He wanted to incorporate all parts of Diana, all the campy stuff, all the, all the warrior stuff, all at once. It would have worked, too, if he hadn't been late on every script. Also around the same time, the DCAU happened. Uh, she appeared in the first episode of the Justice League series. She had never been on the Batman or Superman animated series, but she was on DCAU. And the only thing I wanted to talk about there is, other than she was played very well by Susan Eisenberg, yeah. I really enjoyed the sexual tension between her and Batman. Yeah. No dating for the Batman. It might cut into your brooding time. One, dating within the team always leads to disaster. Two, you're a princess from a society of immortal warriors. I'm a rich kid with issues. Lots of issues. And three, if my enemies knew I had someone special, they wouldn't rest until they'd gotten to me through her. Next. She smashes something and be like, I'm tougher than you, Batman. Yeah. And that's a portrayal I've liked in the comics, too, of saying if it is a pure hand-to-hand combat thing, even if they had the equal power levels, she would beat Batman. Mm. Batman would have to cheat to beat her, and he has, like in the Tower of Babel story we talked right. about a couple episodes ago. Uh, then there was a terrible J. Michael Straczynski reboot of her, which like mm. was flushed down the toilet in six issues. Is it a Wonder Woman totem? No, she got depowered and lost her memories, and everybody forgot about her. And it was a really dumb, soft reboot that DC rejected after six issues. Mm. Then New 52 happened, and Diana is the warrior. She's a warrior brought to the city by Steve Trevor. It was a change, too, that Steve Trevor had been still a World War II vet up until this point. Now he is a secret agent 
former army dude who is her liaison in the world of man. And she, from the start, is a member of the Justice League, too. She is a forming, forming member of the Justice League in the Jeff Johns origin story with Jim Lee. Also, Brian Azzarello's run in New 52 is one of the best parts hmm. of New 52. He did a great job with her darkening it, but also taking real stuff from Greek mythology and making it work in this like much more brutal world that Wonder Woman lives in. When you find out why Themyscira has no men on it, it's it is a fucked up moment. Like I, I, I won't spoil it for you guys. So then after Azarella left it, the book wasn't as good as it used to be. And she also then became in a relationship with Superman, which was the first time that ever happened in the comics, even though you figure like, well, yeah, of course they date. They're the only two people who could date each other, right? They they even publish a Superman slash Wonder Woman book that is both about their relationship and them fighting crime together. It, it got a lot of uh, coverage in the media, so it kind of stuck around for a few years, though. I believe they are broken up now. But then again, in the Rebirth reboot of DC, who knows what anything is anymore. If I could direct you to a few good Wonder Woman stories to read, I would definitely say the Perez run is pretty good. Gail Simone did a very good run. Greg Rucka had a very, very good run on it. Same with Phil Jimenez, Brian Azzarello. I really like what's happening in DC Bombshells as well. And of course, you should watch the Justice League Unlimited series. There's a lot of great episodes with Wonder Woman in there. As for movies, like we said, never had a movie until the one that's coming out in 2017. In 2007, Joss Whedon tried to make a Wonder Woman movie, and then Warner Brothers got cold feet. Yeah. And four years later, he would make a billion-dollar film. Yeah. And then also in 2011, they then tried to do a pilot for a Wonder Woman TV, or they did a pilot for a Wonder Woman TV show that would be more campy, like the old the Linda Carter show. They filmed one. You can see pictures of her in the costume, but it, it was not taken. It was right. and I couldn't find video of it other than the opening they made for it, which was just a cover of the '70s Wonder Woman song. Right. The upcoming film is directed by Patty Jenkins. She directed Monster. That was her uh, major film directing mm. credit. Yeah, stars Gal Gadot, and she did a great job in BVS. I thought. I really look forward to her as the warrior princess. Chris Pine is the boyfriend, and it takes place in World War One. and it seems like the least campy Wonder Woman we have seen today. I guess she's also in video games, too. I should mention that. Like she, She's a combatant in that Justice League Task Force game that we streamed. She's also in Injustice. I don't believe there has ever been a Wonder Woman video game. Like, just her. You know video games are very good at catering to women and making women the lead character in games, but shockingly, I don't think Wonder Woman's ever had one. Yeah, maybe some random PC game or something. Perhaps. Sinclair! (laughs) Alright, but that is a superhero spotlight! Collect your hero. All right, let's quickly go through some news here. No Wonder Woman game, according to Moby Games. Uh, well, they would not know. the title. Batman vs. Superman, oh, our God. opinions don't matter because it made a lot of money. Thus, meaning it is good. That's the distressing part. I ne- I'll never say you're not allowed to like this film that I think is offensive and terrible. Mm. But this does set a really bad precedent. Yeah. Like, it, this doesn't say, no, this was wrong. And, and I do believe in the, in the long run, people aren't going to aren't going to be as quick to go see the next film because I, of this movie. I think it'll affect it. I'm interested to see what the second week will be like. I think they could, you could get $400 million on the title of Batman versus yeah. Superman. I don't think that word of mouth matters. That's why Ant-Man did, was stayed number one for weeks because everyone's like, yeah, Ant-Man's actually really good. I know the name is stupid. Yeah, but like, but it, this movie is, like Donald Trump, is impervious to bad word of mouth. It, 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 it broke Monday box office records. And a Tuesday box office yeah, records. like, and, and that's that's what's baffling because I think if you really do love these characters, you should be complaining. Yeah, this is, is this. I don't think this is how you want the world or the next generation of kids to perceive these characters that you love. I I don't think so either. But am I so out of touch? No, no. It's, it's the children, children who are, involved. and it's never children. I'm, no, not, I'm talking like 27 year old people for <laughs> for fuck's sake. I know. I'm I, just thinking. I just found out who that person was who was shot in the head. Yes. Like, to this morning, I'm like, are you serious? And just you and hate it, this universe. Why like, are you allowed to work in it? It feels like Snyder is just smug. Like, yup, did it. Hmm. I also it drove me crazy seeing some interviews where he says like, but I did it because I'm a two comic comics guy. in your entire life. He's like, yeah. Then he says, "Death of Superman and Dark Knight Returns." (laughs) He's just like, "I'm a comic guy." Like, no, you fucking aren't. You're not. You're a Frank Miller guy. You're a Frank Miller guy. You're not a comic guy. 
and also, let's get the movie stuff out of the way. The Gambit movie seems to be delayed again. Mm-hmm. Doug Lyman was going to be the director, and now he's going to direct another thing, so they either have to get a new director or wait till he's done making that movie. And they're redoing the script. I hope in the shadow of Deadpool, mm-hmm. Fox is like, Oh, we don't have to have this shitty script. It can be more unique and interesting. And also, I could think Channing Tatum has the kind of power to be like, no, I own this movie. Like, mm-hmm. Ryan Reynolds... Yeah, no, he has the power to be the new Hugh Jackman, especially yeah. as Jackman walks away, an incredibly charismatic, likable lead of, mm-hmm. of what you sem- assemble this team yeah. of movies around. Has a yeah. ton of appeal in the gay community. Oh, yeah, so much in common with this. He's yeah. got it all. He's got it all. <laughs> and also in the... X-Men universe Jennifer Lawrence I know in a previous episode I said I think Jennifer Lawrence can't wait to die in these movies and that she does not want to come back but in an interview said she's dying to make more X-Men films which you see her rationale uh, no, what was it, it? it well it was interesting because I, I, I think we always at least thought that because she's clearly emerges the biggest star who has to do the most work yes to be in character I mean, she has to be naked yeah for, yeah, yeah. Like, like, it, it can't not, be a pleasant experience well, she has to be both naked and covered in an uncomfortable suit I put on a zombie makeup on my face and hands for a four day shoot yeah. for three to four hours every day and it's like this is a nightmare I will never put myself through again yeah. now, for any reason now ritualistically save off all your body hair yeah. And then have uh, people attach that to your penis and yeah. taint. No, never. All but, the time. but she said she's like it's. But it's this is like well one I, she made it sound like it's kind of like a family, but it's also like an ensemble film, and the weight isn't on anybody sh- one person's shoulders. I'm like oh yeah, all of your movies bomb that aren't Hunger Games. In yeah. this. <laughs> though and, I mean I think I think she's also maybe thinking I'll get paid a shitload to be in a fourth one. It's time to cash in she is way more famous than when she signed her first deal and and though i also wonder like is this what she says during promotion and she's gonna change her mind there's probably not a lot of bad blood i mean everybody's contract needs to be re-signed if they're gonna go yeah. further with any more of these. i wonder if fassbender's like no i just want to show my dick in movies now he, he seems like the guy who's like i don't really care to make these films anymore yeah <laughs> steve mcqueen is calling me no not that one all right but in the comic book news, DC this weekend at WonderCon did one of the most oh, interesting man. things I've ever seen, which is it was basically an E3 press conference mm-hmm. for their next event. And it was DC Rebirth, which, as Jeff John said, is not a reboot. It's an anagram for genuine class. It's, But it is, the cover is all the superheroes of New 52 reaching for some dude's hand or somebody's hand. And they don't say, the mystery is who it is. It's an 80-page long special. And what Jeff Johns is seemingly implying is that it will take the New 52 characters and give them their history back. That all this, like, he... He said, he kept saying things, he wouldn't get into specifics, but he kept saying things like, we left something behind. We really lost something by doing New 52. I thought we did great work, but we gave up all this old stuff. And so he's making it. And also when he did Green Lantern Rebirth and Flash Rebirth, Mm -hmm. those were both like, oh no, the old stuff does matter again. That was the big message of both those books when he brought back Hal Jordan and Barry Allen. And it is an excuse to reboot a ton of comics and get new creative teams on everything. And me back on board. Uh, I'm really interested that Scott, like, they did a great reveal of, oh, there's no Scott Snyder on stage when we're talking to all the Batman teams. Ha ha, just kidding. Here's Scott Snyder. We gave him a whole new Batman book. And uh, it's called Bat- All-Star Batman. First artist on it, John Romita Jr., his first <laughs> monthly Batman work. Wow. wow. And also of interest in the Bat books is Detective Comics is going to be a Bat family book, which is a team-up book of all the Bat characters, including multiple Robins and multiple Bat girls, all back. And Clayface is a member of the team. What? Yeah, sweet. So that means everybody. Everybody. In the Everybody's universe. a good guy now. Yeah. Greg Rucka, who I mentioned mm-hmm. in the Wonder Woman thing, he's back on Wonder Woman. Wow. Greg Rucka had an acrimonious split in the New 52 from DC. He's like... Fuck this! I'm out of here. And he he said not nice things about DC and really? mentioned I'd never come back. Was, and I was it Azarello doing Wonder Woman. Azarello did Wonder Woman, okay. but now Rook is back on Wonder Woman, doing a new origin for her. Even I wonder how much money they gave him to be. Like, Can you come back? Uh, the well, meanwhile, the Superman one was unexciting to me. I have to say, the Supergirl book was, but was exciting. But the Superman one was like Dan Jurgens is writing it. 
the guy who wrote the death of Superman almost 30 years ago? Like, you couldn't find one exciting new writer to yeah. do this? What? Why are you doing There's this? There's a lot of hurt wrestlers out there. Some of them could write a comic. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Daniel Bryan might have a great idea for Superman. Uh, though Gene Yang, who I really enjoyed his run on his brief run on Superman, he is doing a new Superman book, but it is Super Hyphen Man. It is about a Chinese man in Shanghai who becomes a new Superman for China. And, and the other thing, the big thing that uh, they revealed, well, that they uh, are going to reveal. We'll get to that. Uh, okay. we'll, uh, there, there was just one other book I was interested in. It is Batgirl meets Bird of Prey. I'm really interested in that. And also Christopher Priest, a writer I really like, is taking over Deathstroke. I'm interested in some of these books. I definitely am. I, I'm interested in it. I'm ready me. to give him a new chance. I got my birthday present finally. Uh, I cashed in. Oh, man, the Best Buy employee love this. I <laughs> traded in my iPad. $28. Generation 3. Uh, they had $100 off uh, iPad Pros. I traded in $600 worth of Christmas gift certificates, uh, Visa gift cards, and my girlfriend paid the rest. I have a new iPad Pro. Wow. And, I, and that really You're was... reading comics bigger than comic pages the, com, the, the The page is bigger than an actual comic page now. Wow. It is almost too big. I almost don't like it. But, it, <laughs> but it, I just like... Having that work for me again, because my old iPad didn't... Like, Comixology didn't work. I just instantly dropped 30 bucks into Comixology and just wow. read all night. Uh, uh, and, you know, if we're excited for DC Rebirth, that uh, doesn't compare to the cast of Batman versus Superman and their excitement. Hello, this is Gal Gadot, and I can't wait to see DC Universe Rebirth this June. Disney re- Universe. Oh, so that was bullshit. That was just her, like, we handed you a thing, can you just say this? But this one is much better. I would read anything by Jeff Johns. <laughs> Genius. I love him. I love DC. I'm really excited about where it's going, and um, I, I couldn't be more honored and thrilled to be on board and part of this DC universe. I'm oh, wait, let's hear Cavill, and I am looking very forward to reading Doing other DC projects. Universe Rebirth this June. You didn't see it in the video, but he is looking at the cover before he says it. <laughs> I'm really looking forward to looks at cover. But the Ben Affleck one was exciting to me just because when he named Jeff John specifically, mm-hmm. it is because there are rumors, well, not even that big of rumors, but confirmed things that he is working on the script for the his solo Batman he film done. with Jeff Johns. Yeah. And he so he has been reading the comics and talking to Jeff Johns. And that's another thing like, yeah, Batfleck, I believe in Batfleck. Yeah. Totally. I don't believe in Zack Snyder directing them, yeah. but I believe in Batfleck. And okay, but the Batman Rebirth thing I think you were referring to, Chris, was the Joker's true identity will be revealed. This is, this is dumb. Don't do it. Don't, I think a mystery, don't do it. Chris. You mysteries tweet. are overrated. Knowing answers is much did, more you, cool. I saw. I rarely even look at Twitter, and I just saw one tweet that you said like, I don't know what they could come up with that is more interesting than a mystery yeah you know, like, I don't it's like oh it was Thomas Wayne in a no it's oh, like Tom, yeah I, oh, it's, oh, I don't boy, know God, or, don't. or his name is like John Wayne or, I mean <laughs> yeah. then it'd be like Rum. oh it's your uncle or your brother yeah. or whatever it's but like, yeah but what, an- what answer yeah is better because it's like Hey, remember when Wolverine got by on like two and a half decades of mystery, and then he told, "Oh, okay." And we all kind of forget it. Like, don't and now it's like it. now it doesn't even matter. And I what? prefer to remember him as just he's Logan, and I don't yeah. care no, what, what he, he calls did. him. What John Jonathan Howlett, jo- James Howlett, James Howlett. Like yep. nobody calls him that. It's or, like he's Logan because we don't know. He doesn't know his real name. Yeah. And the moment was, you reveal, how did how did Darth Vader be? How did Anakin become Darth Vader? Would you like nine hours of movies <laughs> to tell you how? It's like I don't care. It doesn't matter. You inferred so much interesting stuff by not telling me yeah and now you're gonna tell me in excruciating detail no i he can't be the killer of his parent i yeah i just don't know who it could be that's interesting jeff who's, johns do, we, do you know who's writing it is jeff it johns i mean he, jeff johns answered he began sure. this in justice league like it was batman gets on the chair of ultimate knowledge and says uh, who killed my parents oh joe chill who's what's the joker's real name and he goes Oh, uh, so Batman does know now. Okay, Batman I mean, already knows. I mean, yes. I, I'll give John's benefit of doubt. Yeah. So I'll read it, and I'll make we'll see then. Uh, but yeah, I I'm interested in the DC Rebirth stuff. There was some uh, there was some Marvel stuff too this week, but we'll talk about that in what you've been reading because I've read a few things. And when we come back, also reactions to the Supergirl Flash crossover episode. Dave's homework. Dave will be coming in, and your answers to last week's question of the week. Stay tuned.
Well, hello everybody and welcome to the break and I thank you very much for listening to this episode of Cape Crisis. Uh, if you're with me still and to disagree with me on Batman v Superman, God bless you. Uh, we, hey, we can disagree on things, but that doesn't mean we we can be mean to each other. Uh, but yeah, if you want to hear the full-on spoilery talk on this, you know, we talked a little bit about it in the opening of this episode, but if you want to hear it all, listen to this week's Laser Time. Uh, you should always listen to Laser Time. It's a great show, and I think you do. But this week's was first our immediate Batman vs. Superman reactions, and then a preview of the summer 2016 films. It was a really good episode. Give that a listen. Same with all our great podcasts. And if you want to directly support us though you like what we're doing and you want to give us some cash the easiest way to do that is to go to patreon.com slash laser time you get a ton of extras if you get five dollars a month even more if you get ten dollars a month and that support helps pay our bills it's our main income pays for everything and we really appreciate that support same with you can support us by buying things through amazon if you go to lasertimepodcast.com on the right side of the screen you'll see a bunch of links to stuff now you can buy what we suggest but if you buy anything through those links a little bit of money gets kicked back our way but it's the same cheap amazon price for you and that does extend to kindle comic books if you buy them through the kindle app or through the amazon app on kindle it is shared with your comiXology account if you combine your accounts if you connect your accounts it is shared it is a great way to keep buying digital comics getting them on comiXology while still supporting laser time now it's time for the hanks corner pick of the week uh this week i'm gonna go with a wonder woman book since we talk so much about wonder woman but it's actually one i haven't read yet but it is one i'm very much looking forward to in the next month it is wonder woman earth one written by grant morrison i've been waiting for grant morrison's definitive take on wonder woman for a very long time it is so very good also i would like to reiterate a second one the superman legion of superheroes book by jeff johns and gary frank it shows you superman can be all the things he isn't in batman versus superman if you want to be inspired again by superman please give that book a read okay enough of that back to the rest of the show Hi-ho! Welcome back to the second segment of episode 182 of Cape Crisis. I hope uh, you guys are ready for some Walking Dave because Dave Rapp is here. Blink-182. Yeah. What's that? That was Real Big Fish. That was Real Big Fish. Yes. Did you something in the first segment about Blink-182? What? No. Uh, but what you did miss was talking about Batman vs. Superman. That You can hear Dave's opinions on it yeah. and how much he loves Spawn, Spider-Man's greatest villain. <laughs> that on, is not uh, the first time it's happened. <laughs> so I'm trying to... I have to find where I made that I made that same exact mistake another time. It's, I mean, it's probably Cape Crisis, but I don't know. I would well, guess like, it was Cape Crisis, They just yeah. seem very similar to me. Well, I finally watched uh, this week a crossover of DC superheroes that made me very, very happy. Mm. The Supergirl Flash crossover episode. Yeah, well, what? Where did that air? On CBS. It was. Okay. Uh, it was an episode of Supergirl. It was not a two-parter. Uh-huh. Flash just guest starred on Supergirl. Okay. And I bet that was uh, maybe that was network stuff. Whatever. There was a funny bit in it where Barry Allen is standing with James Olsen, uh, another R.I.P. dude on <laughs> Win on the show, and and Kara and Callista Flockhart says. You look like the young, racially diverse cast of a CW show. Boom! (laughs) I gotta say, out of all the special effects on that show, the best is the uh, smooth, gauzy lighting on every scene with with Callista Flockhart. It is at Barbara Streisand levels of gauzy frames. They make fun of on SNL. I know, but it's like, she's an aging actress who has to fight aging at all turns like she's not allowed to age well, she's an actress her, what's her name in supergirl who is that faye dunaway faye dunaway same yeah. deal like they have to film around I, I feel i feel bad for her. i'm not like saying oh this woman's ugly like no 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 I, i'm saying that yeah, yeah leave henry alone <laughs> <laughs> woman's disgusting well, but bless, the, bless the, harrison ford for sticking with her in, in her old age 
But the episode was so good. Like, it was the best episode of Supergirl I've seen. And I know I hate to say, like, this show finally got great when Flash showed up. But he gave this energy to it it didn't have before because he finally had a superhero team up. And they were explaining things to each other. And just, like, those two have a really good chemistry. They actually were on Glee together back in the really? day. Both actors were, yes. I, and- I meant to watch that because... Uh- because, I don't know, I really was bummed out and depressed by Batman vs. Superman. And I knew that movie was to blame. Yes. The second I picked up a Superman comic, mm-hmm. thought it was great. I watched The Winter Soldier, and I'm like, oh, <laughs> see, this isn't rocket science. Like, yes. not everything has to be like that movie. Like, I do like all this stuff. It was, I don't know, it was a, <sighs> no, a crisis know. of conscience. I mean, that's what I spent this weekend doing, too. I pulled up all my old, I pulled up a ton of my old Superman comics off the shelf. I'm like... Yeah, Superman works. Like this film, this film trying to say that Superman can't work the way yeah. he always works. These recent comics I'm reading make it very clear he does. He does, yeah. And the, my favorite one I pulled off the shelf was Kingdom Come, which the scene where Batman and Superman decide to team up again is when Batman says, "Well, maybe we should just let them all die." And Superman says, "That's bullshit. <laughs> if there's one thing that's always united us, it's that we all we respect all life and would never kill anyone." And Batman's like, yeah, I agree. And that is the polar opposite <laughs> of exchanges in Batman. But, but the episode, sorry, I didn't mean to The Supergirl you. Flash episode, it's just a lot of fun. It's like 40 minutes long. Uh, it's uh, You can find it online on the CBS app. You'll just have to watch all the commercials. But uh, you can find it elsewhere. Oh. But it is a spectacular episode. Supergirl is reinvigorated by being around him. It also made me appreciate James Olsen. I was like, oh, yeah, Jimmy Olsen can work, too. Did you know this? He doesn't have to be shot in the face. I want him to get rid of him forever for no reason. Don't even tell me who he is. Yes. Just <laughs> God damn it, man. But it's such a fun episode. Uh, it is as fun as, as Batman vs. Superman is morose. It is really good. I, I'm behind on Flash episodes, though. I haven't seen the last two. I'm going to catch up. But that I made special time for that. So much so, I only read two other comics that weren't just Batman, Superman and Batman rereading stuff to then refute things on Twitter. The other stuff I read, they were both Chip Zdarsky, Erica Henderson... Uh, deliveries uh, Jughead number 5 which is the penultimate issue and it ends with a parody of Spider-Man 50's cover Spider-Man No More with the Spider-Man costumes in the garbage it's Jughead is walking away from the garbage defeated like it's it's a great a great fun issue that honestly has a parody of Batman versus Superman in it of morose superheroes who suck who are just like it's easier this is what times are for now man you're just supposed to beat people up that guy these are you call them citizens I call them pre-criminals I send them to the hospital like I, I started reading uh, Superman uh, Max Landis' Superman American Alien again huh. It's I just, good. I just, for my birthday, saw E.T. live at the symphony with Ooh. an 80-piece orchestra. And the idea that, you know, if uh, we're backdating Clark Kent, uh, he was, they, the first issue as him as a little kid going to see E.T. and That's watching, watching it with Lana Lane, he's like, do you think they'd really do that to someone from another planet? And <laughs> like, I love it. There's the scene I... of this astronaut, like, astronauts <laughs> invading the house and su- little kid Superman is super scared. That's, uh, that's you know, I don't sh- always agree with Max Landis, but... That's really good. I yeah. the one the Batman versus Superman one or the Batman issue of it. Yeah, I really like that one. I did like where oh, Batman Alien? tries to, in American Alien. I haven't read that. Oh. Is that the new one? No, it's not that new. I remember reading where Batman sneaks up on Superman and Superman immediately just rips his costume off and he's like, "Oh, I don't know what the first story is here that I caught Batman or that Batman is Bruce Wayne." <laughs> and then Bruce, and then he runs away. And I was like, yeah, that's a nice first meeting. No, the, the third, I read up to the third issue, which is really awesome. It's just, mm-hmm. these are all small, short stories about Superman. I guess Superman, I guess not growing up. Yeah. But it's him crash landing after winning a contest in the middle of the ocean, climbing aboard a yacht, and everybody thinks he's Bruce Wayne because Bruce Wayne is throwing himself a birthday party, yet another one that he never shows up to. And nobody, <laughs> so no one attending knows what Bruce Wayne looks like and assume it's Clark Kent is Bruce Wayne, wow. and he just pretends for an entire day to be Bruce Wayne and live like wow. him. That's really interesting. He also wrote a really good Luther issue, as I recall too. It was. I also was heartened to see that Max Landis hated the movie too. He was not a fan of it, yeah. and he was the guy who called he called Force Awakens fan fiction. And then somebody said like, "Oh, this is fan fiction too." He's like, "No, th- that would be exciting." Like, <laughs> Uh, oh, the other the other Zdarsky Henderson book I read was Unbeatable Squirrel Girl Six, 
which was the first part of the two-part Howard the Duck crossover, which is a fun comic jam type story because the art team of Squirrel Girl draws Squirrel Girl. The art team of Howard draws Howard, and they draw each other's worlds in the books. But so Howard doesn't look off model. He's being drawn correctly. It it was a really good first part of a quick little two-parter. Really, other than that and old Superman comics like the Jeff Johns' run uh, where he had the Legion of Superheroes and Brainiac, so good and it shows you how modern superman there's this scene that i was like this is the this is the total opposite of the snyderverse where superman shows up he says hey stop picking on this person i'm for the little guy and then a supervillain shoots at him he says are you crazy you're surrounded by civilians and then he turns to the civilians and say everybody get out of here and hey be nice to each other and then and then he then turns around and kicks the guy's ass and it was like here he is being nice standing up for truth and justice protecting people and kicking ass like this is all the things superman can do all at once it's not it's not rocket science people it's not rocket science if superman told me and a group of people be nice to each other i'd be like fuck you superman (laughs) sanctimonious piece of crap he'd be so inspiring i I also started reading i I picked up greg rucka's uh punisher run on a sale and i I just was surprised eye patch punisher that's that's like the first sequence in daredevil season two cool like interesting it is yeah that's true yeah i like that's a good that's that's a good Punisher book to pick up. I think it was on sale one time. It was. It was. I would, that's why I picked it up. By the way, guys, pay attention. I was mad curious to see if I could enjoy Punisher again. Because, I mean, he's one of the first superheroes I felt superheroes I fell yeah. in love with. I don't even know if you can call Punisher a superhero anymore. <laughs> I I also want to shill for a second here and tell you guys, follow the at LazerTime Twitter if you don't already. I've been tweeting out more digital deals on there because if you connect your Kindle and Comixology accounts, Google that. It's not that hard. If you connect them, if you buy a Kindle book for cheap on Amazon through one of our links, it is a Comixology purchase yeah. too, so you can support us while still getting and Comixology I stuff. I am going to read immediately, because uh, I read the, the beginning. I started reading All-Star Superman again, just because mm. it's No, I re- really I reread all that the weekend too. Really, like, just and, a reminder that this, this character is great. That mm. My favorite bit is when he beats... Well, no, my favorite bit is the, is Reagan, the su- or Regan, the, su- the suicidal girl. But my other favorite bit is Lex Luthor gets the ultimate power of Superman, and he realizes that with Superman's senses that we are all united and we should care for each other, and he starts crying. And I was like, see, that's how much Superman loves us, man. Yeah. Uh, Dave, what did yeah. you read? My homework for this week was... Astonishing Spider-Man and Wolverine. Mm-hmm. Funny book, right? Funny, yeah. Um, got a bit confusing. I time can, travel will do that. Time travel, yes. And uh, speaking of time travel, like you know, sometimes with your homework, you do it, you know, very quickly. On and off, or? Yeah, and I, I like this is not one I should have uh, speed read. Oh, I see. Because yeah. yeah, all the time jumping. There are sometimes where like people are having conversations and there's a, like another timeline happening at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, it took a little bit for me to warm up to it, but once like both Spider-Man and Wolverine run into younger versions of each other, and it's uh, Wolverine <laughs> at the wrestling match, yeah, like, that's where it really picks up. And then, I love when Wolverine, current day Wolverine, meets the Spider-Man who is in pro wrestling. Yeah. Like he's like, yeah, I'm going to be a pro wrestler. That's my job. And he's yeah. like, you don't know your uncle's going to die in like four days. Oh, geez. It's 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 nice heavy stuff. I like the writer of it. Yeah. Uh, the writer artist team of mm-hmm. Aaron and Adam Kubert is cool. Mm-hmm. They even brought back Wolverine's older brother into mm. comics again, thanks to the time travel shenanigans. Yeah. Didn't you also like the gangbanger who just put a bunch of yeah. uh, time travel rocks on a bat? And then he also like meets his older self who says, like, you're a fucking yeah. idiot. Don't do this. <laughs> no, this is how it happened. Ah! Yeah. And the whole like uh, the reality show stuff, very reminiscent of that one South Park episode that I love. Ah, yeah, see, Mojo was there yeah. way before the 100th episode of South oh, Park. Oh, really? Yeah. Mojo and Murder was. World existed about a decade yeah. or two before. And they, them encrusted with the time gems is just beautiful. Yes. Just them with it, like, bedazzled with time gems. Yeah. I, I like that. So, Dave, score? I'm going to say B. Because, just because it was a built. I, I bet if I had taken my time, I'd probably be giving it a higher grade. But it was just mm. a bit too confusing and um, took a little bit to, to, for me to warm up to it. But once I did, I was just like, it, I, it, was, uh, it had its claws in me, so to speak. Uh-huh. And it webbed you to the wall, yes. and it 
<laughs> that doesn't work. All right, well, so I added a couple more to the pile Ooh. of things to choose from, Dave. Uh, both because they're Jason Aaron X-Men books I really like, the same writer as Astonishing Spider-Man and Wolverine. One is Wolverine Get Mystique. Mm -hmm. It is a very short four-issue story of just Wolverine is told you hunt down and kill Mm -hmm. Mystique, and this is how he does it. And it is a really interesting cat and mouse game between the two of them. Then we've got X-Men Schism, the most understandable X-Men crossover event there ever was, where Wolverine hates Cyclops and they break up and what does it do to the x-men then from last week's pile daredevil man without fear the definitive origin of daredevil kind of seen in the mm. netflix tv series daredevil daredevil born again the darkest time uh mm-hmm. daredevil ever faced uh, by frank miller and a very fun spider-man crossover called new ways to die where he faces the new sinister six which includes bullseye is one of my favorite modern wow, spider-man it's a stories. real uh, marble heavy pack well the last ones have not been very marble heavy yeah. so i had to reboot this with marvel stuff uh, i'm gonna go with uh, schism schism okay i hope you enjoy it david it is a fun x-men crossover series all right. Well, so that I'll, is the end of the episode. No, I also I watched the most the, the penultimate episode of Walking Dead. Of Boring Dead. It didn't really nothing. Second penultimate yeah. episode of Walking is Dead. It? Yeah. I thought next. Well, they have, if they keep playing up their mid-season fin- uh, premiere. Yeah, yeah. but uh, this is like this. It's literally like uh, you know, we got WrestleMania coming up. Like the Rob right before WrestleMania, nothing really happens. Mm-hmm. Same thing here, where it's like no, no one dies. Everybody's waiting for Negan and his barbed wire bat to it do. It will happen in the next next week's episode. So I'm and forward to that. as we talked about last week, the actor is there. were negotiating yeah. with AMC to let him say Person, fuck a lot yeah. on it. Which Negan, who can't say fuck, is not yeah. Negan. But now I want him to ha- his bat. I want Lucille to also have time gems on him. Uh, <laughs> that would be funnier. Uh, there were some ask questions, but we're we'll be running a little long, so I'm just going to uh, save those for next week. But I do have answers to them, and keep putting them in the comments, guys. Uh, I'll have a beefier Ask Hanks segment next week. But all right, let's get in the question of the week replies. We asked people what their favorite superhero spoofs were from cartoons. John Wizzle says, I'm not sure if he counts, but it's easily the tick for me. Uh, sure, he's not a takeoff of any one hero, but many of his supporting cats, primarily from the cartoon, count as pu- as parodies. The cartoon was one of the first things my dad and I bonded over as a kid. Aww. In the first issue, in the first episode of The Tick Show, he meets a Punisher-type guy who pulls out a bunch of guns, shoots a wall until it is dust... And then cries and is like, I'm just very sad. Uh, Nathan Explosion says, mine would be Captain Sunshine from the Venture Brothers for obvious reasons. About 37 pygmy giraffes said, while Duck Dodgers in the 24th and a half century is clearly more of a spoof of a Buck Rogers, there was an episode where Duck Dodgers met every single member of the Green Lantern Corps. Seeing him spend time with Kilwag and Chip trying to say the Green Lantern Oath is always funny to me. It was a really fun episode. Kevin Smith played Hal Jordan. Uh, Shirking It Off says, I'm going to go with the Justice Friends from Dexter's Lab. The segments were usually separate from the rest of the show, and it had essentially a sitcom threes company feel mixed with the Avengers and JLA team. It was it was a really funny show. I enjoyed it. Look up the clips, guys. Tritskittable says, I don't have a favorite parody hero, but I always like it when DC cartoons try to make obvious stand-ins for Marvel heroes, like Batman Beyond's terrific trio, or the Sentries of the Last Cosmos. No points for guessing the other team is based on. Uh, you know, that they even did that. One of my favorites was in Young Justice, and I should have mentioned this. I just started Young Justice Season 2. Mm-hmm. It has a shocking turn in the first episode. I'm not going to spoil it, but I was like, whoa, season two, this is even more cool. But in season one, they bring back a character called the Black Spider, who is in the comics. But in the show, they're like, he's just Spider-Man. He's the Spider-Man who kills people. He enters with the Spider-Man upside down enter. He does all these Spider-Man things and does funny quips. And he is voiced by the spectacular Spider-Man cartoon voice. Like it was so, I was like, Marvel would sue you over this, can't they? It, it is a great moment. Yeah, they, really. they had any attention or longevity paid to their cartoons, yeah, which they true. do not. 
Brandolf, Two seasons and throw them away. Brendel says, I always liked Mermaid Man and Barnacle Boy on, <laughs> on SpongeBob. It's a great parody of Aquaman style mixed with 66 Batman and the current Burt Ward and Adam West in their old age. Did they retire those characters? I mean, well, one of them's dead now. Yeah. Uh, I think they're. I think they at least got a new voice for him. I haven't watched Latter Day. I haven't watched Latter Day SpongeBob in a while, but I remember even like episode 120 or whatever when they would bring back Mermaid Man. His voice definitely sounded different because even if he wasn't dead yet, mm-hmm. uh, he was the act. The voice actor was dying. But yeah, I, I love when he goes. It was set to Wombo. <laughs> Evil. Uh, uh, sadly, it was a missed Adam uh, opportunity to cast Adam West. I think they were like, everybody casts Adam West. Mm-hmm. He's just a regular character on Family Guy. We we need a more interesting... We gotta go unexpected with it. All right, so let's get into this week's question of the week. Now, I got a ton of compliments for how angry I was on uh, this week's Laser Time about especially the crimes against Superman in the film Batman vs. Superman. So I was curious... What's the angriest a comic book or comic book related thing has ever made you? You, the listener. I mean, the Superman shit I'm did a, make me furious. No, I'm, an, furious. I'm an adult, and I think I would, like, even five years ago, I would be lashing out and making. <laughs> on, I'd be on Twitter and yelling, and because I do feel all of that right now. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I feel like it, Mugatu going, like, is, is everybody taking crazy pills? <laughs> like, this I, is... I called it uh, the worst superhero movie in 10 years, and someone's like, come on, Wolverine Origins of, like, Fuck, fine, I guess, but that's yeah, that's that's a botch of like a different like those are. It's different. It's same with like the Fantastic Four film is ass. Y- like, yeah, but... like that's a bunch of gaffes. Whereas this is like, no, I don't like this vision. I don't want to see the movie move forward. Yeah. We, These, well, this series move forward with this with, tone. With Fantastic Four, you can imagine there might have been a good movie if the director got to do what they wanted to do. With Batman vs Superman, it feels like Zack Snyder got to do a lot of what he wanted. He wanted. To do. It does feel that way, but yeah, I was so furious about that. If you want a non-Batman versus Superman answer for me, definitely uh, the originally divorcing Spider-Man through magic really pissed me off. Like, one more day, that angered me. Fortunately, Brand New Day, which directly followed it, was great. Uh, I'd have to go with uh, Spider-Man 3. Uh, 2 is oh, still, movie, it, yes. it might yeah. still be my, my favorite superhero movie ever, Spider-Man yeah. 2. Yeah. And, and then just following it up with one of... Uh, one of the worst superhero movies ever. Yeah, made and, by people who are who yeah. hate themselves and hate making it. And I really hate what they did with Spawn in that movie. So <laughs> they really wasted Spawn there. Yeah. You just said that because you could go, call yeah, back the Spawn. Exactly. Joke. Well, no, no I, I mean that one. Though. Yeah, but okay. Well, guys, what comic book or comic book related thing has made you the most angry? Uh, share that anger in the forums, lasertimepodcast.com/forums, or there's a link to it on this week's episode page, which you will also find on. LaserTimePodcast.com, which is the home to many things. If I may first shout out to comic book stuff, there's the Superhero Spotlight. I just posted one for Daredevil, 36 minutes long. So many uh, specific panels pulled from Daredevil's history. It's amazing to watch. Give it a watch, please, guys, please. Same with, we just finished our month of Batman vs. Superman shitty games, plus the Batman vs. Superman Battle Royal, which was so yeah. entertaining. Gotta watch them all. They'll be ep- they'll be ways to watch them on this week's episode page that you can also just go to youtube.com slash networks. And of course, there's Laser Time, the podcast, where we talked about Superman versus Batman, but also... Yeah. Uh, well, we looked at the summer movies we were looking forward to. Yeah. We thought we'd... we'd I, unlike the movie, we thought, why not end this with some positivity? <laughs> Let's have a positive note instead uh, of a dirge. Yeah. Ugh, that <laughs> fucking movie. Yes. God. Yeah, so give that a listen. Also, uh, 302010, Talking Simpsons, where we just did uh, the second episode of season two, three. Mm-hmm. And Dave, I turn to you in this week of WrestleMania. Yes, uh, WrestleMania is right around the corner. Uh, yeah, cheap podcast this week, but a lot of wrestling content on the website. There's every so WrestleMania ranked. Oh, that was a tough one. You did it all, baby. Yeah, and uh, but even if you're not a huge wrestling fan, the wrestling documentary top seven list is it. Like that is a good entryway for like if you want to get into wrestling, those documentaries. What, they're they, all great films. Well, I think they're yeah. compelling to anybody. Who yes. would see them? Not just wrestling fans. Yeah, and the aforementioned uh, Batman versus Superman Battle Royal was hilarious. Oh, doing good that. times, man. And we and also did WrestleMania DDT, <laughs> and we did WrestleMania predictions yes. in a separate video. So yeah, so many great things. Uh, we're also on all on Video Game Apocalypse this week, y'all. Uh, y'all, give it all a listen. Uh, next week I'll be a little more chilled out, gotta relax. But uh, until next time, 
Excelsior! Excelsior!